Hey guys, quick note before we get started with today's podcast, just wanted to remind you to head to twitch.tv slash gamewithfamepodcast, follow the channel, and trigger the notifications so you know every time the show is live. Today we had on Ghost Arm. He is an up-and-coming Twitch streamer and is an amputee who is missing uh, his right hand and the majority of his right arm, but despite that, he's still a very high-level gamer who has competed competitively and we talked about his Twitch channel and his history with gaming. I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Game with Fame podcast. I am your host, Eric Erickson, and today we have a special guest joining the show. He is a up-and-coming Twitch streamer who plays video games with one arm better than most of us play video games with two arms. He is the ghost arm. Welcome to the Game with Fame podcast. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Glad to be here. And, and like I said, you are very new to the Twitch scene. Twitch scene, you just started your uh, stream pretty recently, right? Was it in July or before um, that? We're we're in like yeah, we're in like the second month or so. It's very new. And so, yeah. what have your experiences been like uh, joining Twitch and becoming a streamer? Oh wow, that's a that's a deep question right there. Overall, streaming, you know, it's a lot of fun. First of all. Um, it's definitely like an emotional roller coaster in a way, because you're going to have your up moments and your down moments because it's a totally new thing. It's very, um, it's just different from anything you've done. So you can't really prepare for it. You can't really prepare for the nights when you're going to stream and have maybe no viewers or just like one viewer. So you're sitting there, you know, playing solos, talking to yourself (laughs) and you know, you got to stay motivated, stay positive. And uh, so, so it, it's very unknown. But again, like I said, it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And overall, I just look at it as both a hobby and an adventure. And it's a fun adventure. And you have a background in entrepreneurship, and having a Twitch stream is pretty similar to having your own business. How do you think those skills you've had from past experiences have helped you as you started up your Twitch stream? Um, sort of. I mean. When you have a business, well, I'm all, I'm self. First of all, I'm self-taught as as an entrepreneur. I didn't go to school for it, but a Twitch stream, I don't really look at it as a business. I look at it as a hobby, because they're just totally different. You know, I can design a product and do product research, uh, run advertisements, and put the product out there. And if you know, if I check certain boxes, there's a good chance that I'm going to succeed. You know, if I'm selling a good product. Uh, or a good service. Whereas something like Twitch, it's just entertainment. Uh, people don't have to watch you, you know? So it's more of like an entertainment thing. And um, I would say the skills that I've needed so far and I keep developing for the Twitch stream are a lot different from entrepreneurship. But the thing that carries over from entrepreneurship is just a lot of hard work and a lot of testing, you know? To get a successful business going, um, you're going to need to try a lot of different things. You're going to have a lot of failures. Uh, most of what you do is going to fail. Um, there's this thing called the 80-20 rule. So it's like most of your most of your uh, results are going to come from like oh, only 20% of what you put in. You know, So if you sell like 100 things, maybe only 20 will actually sell. The other 80, they won't sell at all. So just like sticking through and staying consistent and being disciplined those things from entrepreneurship carry over but i would say that's about it just the hard work 
and, and staying consistent are the only things that carry over. Everything else is new. So like I said before, it's definitely uh, a new adventure. And what do you think you've learned about yourself and what skills do you think you've gained in these couple months you've been streaming? Um, I think I've improved my public speaking a lot. Uh, I've always been all right at public speaking. Like in high school, I ran for treasurer and I had to give like a speech to my whole class. You know, I did that fine, but uh, I went to law school and I found that public speaking there was a little more difficult than like in college or high school. So I feel like I've definitely improved my public speaking. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about it. Just the public speaking. Uh, everything else is about the same. <laughs> I've, I've been a hard worker for a long time. So I can't say like streaming has made me more of a hard worker. You know, it's a, I've, I've always put 100% into everything I do. I'm very relentless. So it just kind of confirms that, you know, I work hard and, and uh, I, I don't stop. <laughs> And you mentioned sometimes you're streaming for nobody and you got to be talking pretty much to yourself. Yeah. How do you, that was like the first few weeks. Yeah. Like, when now you're now going, got some people. exactly. But when you're going through that at first, how are you, how are you making sure that you're staying engaging? So when people do um, start coming in, they find your stream entertaining. That's a good question. And I think this will be good advice for other streamers. When, when you're in that situation, um, you can't look at your viewer count. You have to just look at it as practice. That's what I told myself in my head. I'm like, all right, well, nobody's really watching, but they're going to come if you keep going and you keep doing a good job. So just look at it as practice. And also, if you have you know, 10 followers or 20,000 followers, the amount of work and everything you do should basically be the same. It shouldn't be like, oh, you get all these viewers and all of a sudden now you're going to do something totally different. You know, It doesn't really work that way. You're going to get to those 10,000 viewers or whatever by basically being overall the same you know and for you so far in these couple of months what have been some of the the highs or the best moments you've had um, streaming on twitch definitely the the reddit posts going crazy and then people actually like coming in from that you know coming in from reddit and then coming onto the stream and, and saying that, you know, ghost arm, you, you really are like inspiring people and, and you're inspiring me. And, you know, I, I know someone else who's an amputee. Uh, like I've had people tell me their friends, their girlfriends, their wives, uh, their fiancés, you know, they, they were missing a limb and they didn't really play video games. And then, you know, we looked at your stuff and now, now, you know, we think they can do it. You know, that's definitely a high because that's one of the main reasons uh i'm streaming so that's that's definitely been awesome to see it actually like work you know and then also getting like subs like you know you, you're not doing it entirely just for subs but getting the subs is confirmation for me that like i'm doing i'm doing a good job and that this is something viable long term because again people don't have to sub to you for so sure. if you until you get those subs you're like oh man like can this work but once you hit a certain amount then you're like, wow, this is like a thing. I'm doing a good job, and this is something that I can do in long term. For sure. And that Reddit post you're talking about, you posted a video on the Fortnite Reddit about with a video of yourself. You dropped into Tilted Towers in Fortnite. You got a 15-kill victory. Yes. And it was... Before like the they front... nerfed SMGs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the front the front page of, of the Fortnite Reddit. Yes. I mean, you mentioned it's getting a ton of messages. 
but just what was it like seeing your posts just gain so much traction? I mean, in, I think it was the first day in a day, right? Oh, yeah. And, and I had another post before that, too. Um, it was back in, like, season three. Another one went really crazy, too. I got, like, a, a combined 15-kill game with my duos partner. And that one got a lot of upvotes, too. I think it got, like, three or 4,000. And then this one, too. Um, but, yeah, it, it's crazy. Like, because I go on Fortnite... Uh, the Fortnite Reddit like every day. So to open your phone and like see your post like at the top is like it's crazy. It's really cool. Um, but at the same time, there's definitely a part of me that was like, you know, that that should happen because I put so much work in into what I'm doing, and like I would want to see someone get a 15 kill game win with one hand, you know. So it's like that should go up there. And and back when I played in MLG and Halo Two. I had a couple of montages. I had a Halo 2 montage and a Halo 3 montage. And MLG featured those on, on the front of their homepage. So it, it was. It, it's not like I've never experienced something like that before, but it, it's been a long time since then. So it, it felt good to see the stuff do well. And it's like, yeah, man, this is like what I'm supposed to be doing. You know? Like, you put this thing out there, and people, people really like it. And, and people are messaging me and saying that they're inspired by it. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I look back, you know, way back in the Halo 2 times. I'm like, damn, like, I should have just kept going, you know? Like, why did I stop? But it, it feels good to get back into something. And then it's kind of like the universe telling you, like, you're doing a good job. This is something you should be doing. Keep going. And um, there may be people listening who are wondering how exactly you play video games with uh, only one hand so to the best of your ability kind of describe yeah. how you're able to navigate the controller and you're playing on xbox so play uh -huh. games on xbox uh using only you know, one I, hand i i saw my cousin and my family yesterday and i mean i've known my cousin my whole life and even he was asking me like how do you do it so it's a question i get a lot like even my family's like how do you do it um i actually have my controller here right in front of me let me unplug it here from xbox one x a little custom design labs controller here. It's kind of everything's reversed. I don't know why my webcam is reversed. This has <laughs> never happened to me before. But um, basically, I hold the controller sort of like this, like that kind of. And I I, I do every single uh, I, I press every single button on the controller just with my left hand. The only thing I don't press is the right trigger. I use my ghost arm. I call it for that, which is the only piece of my right arm that I have. Um, but it's kind of hard to explain the way the webcam is here. So I would suggest you, uh, go to my YouTube for that. I have a nice, like almost 10 minute video, like fully explaining that. So if you really want to see how I play, um, it, it's definitely explained much better in that video, but yeah, every, every single button, um, for every single button, I press it just with my left hand. And you play a lot of Fortnite and Fortnite is a game where you're using pretty much every button on the controller. Everything <laughs> yeah. is being used. So was there, was there a learning curve at first? Was it tougher at first compared to other games? And what was that period like when you first started playing out with Fortnite? Oh, yeah. Like, um, like with Halo, you know, you're not really pressing the, the left bumper too much. You're not really using the bumpers too much. You're not really using left trigger too much. You know, you're just using left trigger for grenades. You know, so like it's not as demanding uh, for me. But when I played Fortnite, I realized like you got to press all those buttons like for console. Right. 
So you're using both the bumpers and the triggers like a lot when you go into build mode for a builder pro. And it definitely pushes me like to the limit. Um, I, you know, I'm pressing the, the left, the left trigger here literally with my pinky. So it's not easy. <laughs> you get some sore pinkies and, sometimes. I'm a, I'm oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My hand is definitely, uh, I definitely get pain. Um, and I've talked to my doctor who like makes my prosthetics and stuff. Uh, really, really good guy. He's an amputee himself. Um, and I asked him, I'm like, you know, just give it to me straight. Like, is there anything I can do to really mitigate me having like carpal tunnel in the future? And he was just like, not really. Like, don't use your hand at all. So yeah, it, it definitely causes some pain. Like if I play for a long time, but I seem to be like adapting to it. Like I haven't had pain in a few weeks now. So that's good. But yeah, as far as like playing Fortnite, Fortnite's a really hard game to play just in general. And like the building component to the game, um, that's a skill that I don't think anyone has prior to playing Fortnite. Whereas like I could play Call of Duty or Battlefield and stuff like it. The controls are different. You know, Halo, the controls are different, but it's all kind of like the same thing. But Fortnite's just totally unique. And so when I first started playing, I, I was pretty bad at it. Like I really had to practice the building for a while to get good at it. Um, but yeah, very, very difficult. Um, but you know, I like the challenge and I think I've been able, able to overcome it at this point. And in that YouTube video you talked about where you're saying you describe uh, how you use the controller, you said that unless even when you're, even though you're only playing with one hand, you're not at a disadvantage to people who are, using like a regular standard control grip. You're right. saying that people should be using a claw grip. Absolutely. So I, I guess not many people know what the claw grip is. It's a little bit yeah. of a different strategy. My uh, cousin just turned 16. And, you know, like I said, I saw him yesterday and he plays on Xbox. And I'm like, dude, you have to claw. He's like, what's claw? And he had his friend with him too, who also plays Fortnite. I think I've played with him too. And, and he's like, what's claw? I'm like, you guys don't know what the claw is, huh? I realize it might be it, young people might not know what that is, but um, I can't exactly show it to you because <laughs> I only have my <laughs> left hand. But basically, when you claw, picture this on the other side with the other uh, buttons, but you never take your thumb off of the joystick, this joystick, right? And then you're pressing the face buttons with your index finger and using your middle finger for the trigger. So that allows you to jump and move around and aim while you're pressing A, Y, X, B, all that. So if you can jump and aim at the same time, like you can jump over someone's head and then shoot them, you know, or you, or you can build better, you know, so you got to have that. And, and the way I play, because the way I have my hand on here, I use my thumb here, right? And then I use my index finger here. It's, it's, it's basically the same formula as, as claw. So I'm able to look and jump and press B, press Y, all that stuff at the same time. So, you know, I, I've been trying to get, people I play with to switch to claw. Um, and I guess it's like difficult. Like my duos partner, I was trying to get him to switch. I'm like, dude, you got to play claw, man. If we're going to like keep elevating our gameplay, you got, you got a claw, but he, he's having, having trouble with it. It's not that easy. Yeah, but yeah it, you got a claw. If you don't know what claw is, please look it up. I'm sure there's something on Google where you can learn about it. Yeah. You might have to teach me too. Cause I'm, I'm just used to standard grip. Oh uh, man, controller. you got a claw. <laughs> I feel like any pro console player has to be clawing. I'd be very surprised 
you know, if like a Nick Merckx or somebody like that isn't clawing, I, I, I don't believe it. They've got to be doing it. You know, sure. it's a huge advantage. For because sure. Because if you your, your thumb off to press a button, that tiny little bit of time is less time you could be reacting, you know? Also in that video, you talked about how you used to play, when you first started out playing video games, you used to play using your feet. Yeah. <laughs> so how, well, how my, exactly were you doing that? My right foot. Well, I, w- I would sit on the floor and just hold the controller regular with my left hand. And then, like, literally use my foot to press, to move everything else on the right. But, like, I would have to, like, if I would shoot, I would have to, like, curl my foot around to hit the right trigger. I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. I could play campaign, um, and I could beat, like, the uh, the kids on, on the street uh, that I grew up on. Um, but as, as far as being good that way, that's not a viable play style at all. And when did you make the switch? to using the, the style you use now? Um, maybe when I was like 12 or 13 or something like that. I, I honestly, like I said in the video that I made um, on my YouTube that, that shows you how I play, I, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but definitely by like 12 or 13, something like that. And for you, what are your earliest memories of playing video games? Oh man, my... uh. My father got this awesome IBM Aptivaware computer. You guys don't even know that IBM used to make computers, some of the younger guys. But this computer <laughs> was like considered like it was it was top of the line. You know, it was it was a good computer and it had 32 megabytes of RAM. That was like you could play any game out with that. So he bought me some games. He got me NASCAR and he got me uh, Mech Warrior and Heavy Gear. Heavy Gear is similar to Mech Warrior, if you know what Mech Warrior is. If you don't know what Mech Warrior is, you just control these. It's first. It's a first-person shooter, and I think you can actually switch to third person. But I would play it in first person, and, and you control like this giant robot, and it's got guns and missiles and stuff. And then Heavy Gear is similar, except the uh, the robots are like a little smaller, and it's more like uh, kind of like Gundam Wing or something like that. Um, but those those were the first games I played. And I just love video games right from the offset. Uh, when I played the NASCAR game, I had a little joystick. It just had like two buttons, gas and brake. So it was, it was easy to play with one hand. And I would sit there and I would actually finish the whole NASCAR race. It would take like two, three hours, you know, 200 laps on wow. like Daytona 500 or something like that. My dad would be like, you actually sat there and played the whole thing? It's like, yeah, it was fun. So I played uh, NASCAR and the two shooting games the most. Those are my first memories um and it was i i just got like an adrenaline rush when i played the shooter games and i think that that's what got me addicted to them uh in a way and and i love them so those are those are like the first memories that and probably getting like my first console like i remember it was my birthday and my dad was like all right do you want playstation 2 or sega dreamcast and my my friend my best friend who lived up the street he had playstation so i was like all right i'll get the dreamcast and so and i loved it i loved that console so much because oh man like you know in the controller you you it came with like a mini game boy literally that you would plug into the controller and it would have functions inside the controller while you're playing and then like when the game when you were done playing and you turn the console off you could take the memory card out and it looked like a little game boy the memory card and you could like play on the little memory card when when you weren't at your console and I, i haven't really seen any other system uh replicate how awesome that is until now the nintendo switch obviously does it in a way better way but it's crazy that's taken like that long for 
uh, a, a game company to to copy that that really cool feature. But yeah, Sega Dreamcast, and then playing on the PC that that IBM PC with uh, Heavy Gear, Mech Warrior, and NASCAR. What, what were some of your favorite games on Dreamcast? Uh, Sonic Adventure. That's what I played the most. It was really just Sonic Adventure. Because um, the Sega Dreamcast, that's probably why they don't make those anymore. Because <laughs> the, they didn't have that many games. <laughs> but Sonic Adventure was a lot of fun. Um, it was It's a very fast-paced game. You know, you're jumping through obstacles and going on, like, a course. And then they also put this, like, this, uh, this like, mini game into it called the Chow Adventure. So, like, the Chows are, like, these little creatures that were like kind of like the mascots out in the world that would give you like tips and stuff while you're playing. And they made like this like little mini game built into Sonic Adventure for those who don't know uh, uh, about this part of Sonic Adventure. And you could like raise them and battle them and stuff. So you could like train them or whatever. And then you could download them to your memory card, which literally looked like a little mini Game Boy and you could carry that around to do and stuff. But um, yeah, I really only played Sonic Adventure on, on, on Dreamcast. And you mentioned earlier about competing an MLG that was in Halo 2. When do yes. you remember what were your like first experiences playing then to, on Xbox? Uh first experiences like playing on Xbox in general? Yeah. Um wow, yeah. I I I'm having trouble remembering. Yeah, Halo 1 was the first game I think I got for Xbox because they stopped making the Dreamcast and I think the guy like one of the head guys or whatever who was involved with the dreamcast he went on to make the xbox so if you look at a dreamcast controller and the original xbox controller they're like vaguely similar um they're both huge yeah Yeah, they're huge (laughs) they're huge but i didn't know anything about xbox because i was like a sega guy at that point so i I asked my friend like what do i get and he was like you got to get this game halo i remember thinking i was like why is it called halo it sounds like girly (laughs) you know like it sounds (laughs) Like, very feminine and, and weird. Like, why would a shooter be called that? Because I had no idea, like, the Halo rings and stuff. So I had no idea what to expect. But he was like, dude, you're going to love it. Like, we can, you got to get another controller, and we get to drive around like a Jeep. And one of us drives, and one of us shoots. So I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll get that. So, yeah, Halo Halo is really, like, the first game I got on Xbox. And then I had, um, oh, I had a subscription to Xbox Magazine. I don't know if it still exists. But every with every issue, they'd give you a little disc. And they put demo games on there. And, like, that's back when demo games, like, you could play the demo for a long time. So I would play Halo and just, like, the demos uh, at first on Xbox. I, I remember those because I had a subscription as well, and I always remember oh, getting nice. the demos. <laughs> and then when the 360 came out, they had demos you could just download from right. the marketplace or whatever. So those discs didn't really, uh, <laughs> didn't really carry worry. as much weight anymore. I threw those out like just a few years ago or something. Like I had kept them for a long time. I was like, why do I have these? <laughs> just collecting <laughs> dust. Yeah. And with Halo 2, you competed competitively in a few MLG events. Yeah, a couple, couple events. What was your experiences like going to different places to compete in events? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Like the most fun thing ever. I was 16. You know, I think I just got my driver's license. And then uh, my my parents for my birthday, they got me a plane ticket down to Charlotte for the event. I paid for my hotel and um, the entry fee and whatnot. But that was the first time I've ever traveled on an airplane like by myself. So being able to go down to North Carolina, go down to Charlotte, 
and then compete and just kind of be on your own, you know, it was just so fun. It was so fun. And then meeting people that you only knew online, you know, seeing them in person, seeing like, wow, you're nothing like what you sound like. But um, yeah, it, it was so much fun. And then in one of our, our first heats, we played a pretty good team. It might have been the second heat. We played um, a team that was also kind of like known, players that were known. And then I remember my buddy like nudging me. He's like, turn around. So I turn around and there's at least 20 or 30 people behind us watching because people i guess were walking around the event because it was packed and then they noticed because i was sitting like on the edge so everybody passing by could see me they saw me playing with one hand and they're like what so we we had a nice crowd behind us that really only like the pro teams had um and it and i like to get really animated when i'm playing you know i was screaming at them so i'm going like 20 and 5 20 and 8 on midship and lockout like i'm just laying out and just like talking trash and people are behind me and they're like, Oh, that was nice. So that was, that was incredibly fun. Incredibly fun. And, uh, your teammates, you had are these people you met online or people you knew? Um, my team was all local. So, uh, my main teammate, he, uh, went to high school with me. Um, our other teammate, we did meet online, but he, he only lived like an hour away. So we met him like way before we competed, he came up like on the train and, we hung out and we're like we really hit it off same as us uh online and then our fourth the fourth player i actually i think we may have met him online i'm not 100 percent sure i actually don't remember but he was also really close like he picked me up for um uh the meadowlands event in new jersey that was the second event we went to he was like 10 minutes away or something like that so that was really good we're all in the same time zone we were very close you know same age and everything like that and I think for a lot of people, sometimes they know they're good at video games, but they don't know if they have that next level they can take it to as far as uh-huh. competing in a competitive tournament or a competitive environment. At one point, did you know when you were playing Halo 2 that it was like, hey, we can do this at a higher level than most, and we should try to take advantage of that by entering some tournaments? Yeah. Um, we used to have this local like gaming center um where you could compete at and we my friend and i it would it would just be like doubles and my high school friend and i we would enter that and we would we would always come in first so that's i think where we got the first idea to like go to an mlg event but um mlg was a big deal back then you know because the top players were making money and it was kind of like the first time that i think a lot of people were exposed to the idea that you could like compete in video games and make money so it like as a young guy like a teenager it was very like appetizing it was like dude like let's do this let's go for it you know we have all the time in the world so let's try it out and then also we could just actually go because i've i've had teammates before um particularly always when i was younger um who were really good but just like couldn't go to an event either they couldn't afford to or you know some kind of situation that would prevent them from going so there's a lot of good players out there who just literally can't go to events because uh for for whatever reason so just the fact that we wanted to go and like we actually could go we wanted to take advantage of that do you have any aspirations to get into fortnite competitively at all um i've only been playing for like three and a half months i I would love to you know if i was invited i would go but i think i got into it a little too late to be competing um 
when I try, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, I can get my win ratio up to like 30% till death close to four, but, um, I would have to play, uh, at this point to get my skill level up to that next level. I would have to play all day. I know I'd have to play all day to catch up to these other players and be really good. I've been like a almost pro player in halo. So I, I know what it takes for me personally to get up to that like next level. And um, I think it will take a lot of time. And I think I'd be better off putting that time into other things. I think I'm good enough now that I can provide for like an entertaining stream and I do keep getting better, but um, I don't know. I, I love Fortnite. It, it's, it's a really fun game. It's always changing. It's very interesting. Um, it's always fun to be playing something that's very popular, but it's possible that the game has peaked possible. Um, there's a lot of signs that it might have peaked. It's going to stay popular for a very long time. But at this point, I think I'm better off just, like, growing the stream. And, and there's a lot of stuff I still need to perfect for, uh, as far as the stream goes and, and improving a YouTube channel and stuff like that. So I think my time will be better spent on that. And there's already a lot of really good Fortnite players out there. Like, the competition is fierce. But if I can find another game that comes along that's very popular and get in at the start... Uh, that would be better, I, I think. And especially since you're playing on console, Battle Royale is a very new genre. I think Fortnite was the first mm -hmm. game to really bring Battle Royale to to console players. Do you think it has lasting that lasting um, capability on console? And are you looking forward to seeing what other games? Because a lot of different games are bringing their own Battle Royale mode. Are you excited to see what they bring to oh, the yeah. table? Oh yeah, I think I think Battle Royale has proven that it's not going anywhere, that it's a new relatively new um genre of game that that people love and they're going to want to keep playing it. Um like I said Fortnite's a great game. It's very interesting, but in a lot of ways it it it, it needs a lot of work. Um it's they even still consider it a beta game, you know? It's kind of it's pioneering a lot of things, but there's definitely, you know, it's sort of like a Halo 1 type of thing. You know, it's like the first really good iteration. I feel like Halo 1 was the first really good console shooter. And I think a lot of gaming analysts or historians, if that exists, would probably agree with that. And I think Fortnite might be um, something similar for Battle Royales and just in general, like kind of bring the mainstream, making them popular. So we can't even imagine what's coming. I guarantee you in the next five or ten years, you're going to see a battle royale that will uh, at minimum be better than Fortnite. And better, and it could mean a lot of different things. It could mean the graphics are better. Um, it's just better for competitive play. Um, it just runs better. It's just more fun somehow. You know, I could imagine a battle royale that mixes elements of Fortnite with, like, maybe magic. You know, like, uh, imagine, like, a, a magic-based uh, battle royale game where you got like wizards and mages and all that kind of stuff and you're like summoning creatures to battle people sort of like an rpg mix with a maybe shooter a third person shooter you know something like that so like i said you know the the possibilities are like endless and there's definitely going to be something that's going to come along that will be more popular because back when halo was it like you know you, you couldn't even imagine anything better coming along but then call of duty came along and kind of like destroyed halo it, I, i'm pretty sure it became more popular over time and that that became the thing but you couldn't have imagined exactly what that was going to be and did you compete in any other games competitively besides halo 2 
No, no. The only thing I ever did was uh, I used to have like a little private forum, somewhat private forum, and it was it was somewhat large, and we would run like Pokemon tournaments on DS. Nice. <laughs> so like I would I would compete in that. Like I'll always I always like Pokemon. I don't care how old I get. Um, I'll, I'll always like it. And uh, so that was the only, that's the only thing I've ever like seriously like sat down. It's like all right, I'm gonna compete at this. So yeah, just Halo. And uh, going back to your Twitch stream, you talked earlier about wanting one of your goals being to inspire other people, mm. other people who don't play video games or other amputees. And I know for yourself, you'd mentioned in a post or video that, like when you were growing up, Jim Abbott, the baseball player, was someone who inspired you because he was a pitcher who only had one arm and he was a very successful MLB pitcher. For you to be streaming and then have people reach out to you and be inspired by you, kind of the same way that Jim Abbott inspired you, what kind of feelings does that give you? It feels great. It feels great to be able to give back to the world um, at least some amount of good that it's given to you. I feel like um, beyond just Jim Abbott, but I like to use him as an example, just seeing amputees do uh, good things that you know they've done a lot of good in the world to put yourself out there into the public sphere and dedicate your life to something is a big deal you know it it, it looks all fun you know like, oh wow he's a professional baseball player but there's a lot of sacrifices that come with that you know you got to devote your life to it you're going to have less time for your family you might have to uproot your family at any time um to you know go play for another team because you know the contract is too lucrative to do so so you know he he did a lot of good for the world and and sacrificed and I, I think uh, I wouldn't put myself on that level at all at this point, but um, I still dedicate a lot of my time to streaming. And um, it, it feels good that I can, you know, make that sacrifice of giving my time and putting good into the world if I can inspire people. And I'm sure there's been, like you said, other people have messaged you and to, had told you about their their brothers or sisters or family members who are also amputees and now after seeing you they want to try playing video games you know what would you say to those people as like advice or different things like that as they're trying to you know go down a similar path as you did um similar path as in how like just just, just uh, playing video games general. yeah yeah i would say if 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 it's if it's what you like then go for it um but you know it doesn't have to just be video games it can be anything that you that you like you know um i'm also into cars a lot and uh before I got my first car, um, you know, I wanted to get a stick shift. And I remember even some close friends saying, like, no, you should get, like, an automatic. I think the stick will be harder for you. So, of course, I got the stick shift. <laughs> I could barely get it out of the dealership lot. But um, the point is that, you know, don't let it limit you if something's really your hobby. Like, gaming is a hobby of mine, and, and I haven't let it limit, limit me. Uh, cars are another hobby. A little less so now than in the past but you know again i didn't let it stop me it's like you know car enthusiasts you, you want to have like the stick shift car so uh, what i would say to them is is yeah don't let don't let things limit you um just push yourself and just have the confidence to know that you can do it even if it seems hard now you know that's how it should be like things are going to be difficult for you in the start but you can always as long as you just keep working at it and you can get better then then you'll be fine and for yourself, you mentioned those hard times. How did you push yourself through when you experienced those rough patches as you're trying to learn uh, to play video um, games? I think it's like, yeah, I've thought about this a lot. It's like if I hadn't 
been an amputee, you know, like would I, how would I be a different person? And I think because I've always had one hand, basically, basically, um, it's, it's forced me to push myself, you know? So like from a young age, I've always had to push myself because, um, you know, a lot of things are designed for people with two hands. It's like, that's the world. And on top of that, like baseball players know this, it's a righty's world, you know? So I'm missing my right hand. And, um, you know, I've always had to kind of think creatively and, and push myself because if I didn't, then I wouldn't be able to get things done. It, it's very easy to give up, you know, if you wanted to and be like, oh, you know, I can't do this. I need help. But I, I always liked getting things done and pushing pushing through the the difficulties of having one hand and being an amputee you know so yeah and uh just a couple more questions here to wrap things up one i always like to ask every all my guests a little similar to one of the ones i just asked you but uh, if someone were to come up to you and say hey i've never played video games before i haven't really given much thought or try and they're interested in playing what would you say to them to kind of open them up to the hobby or convince them that it was something they should try? Oh man, I would, I would, you know, it's like when you, you like a TV show and you want to get a friend to watch it and you're like talking real good about it and you can just see their eyes glazing over, like, I'm not going to watch it. You don't want to hype things up too much because then people won't want to do it. I feel. Um, but as far as gaming goes, I would tell someone that it's just such an adventure like games in general if you like discovery you like new things then um it's kind of hard to beat games because there's just so many good games out there you know there's so many good games that i haven't been able to play yet um so you know you can confidently say like confidently say that there's there's some really fun adventures like waiting for you and, and you're you're basically missing out on a lot of fun like if you like movies and tv and stuff like that like you'll like video games more in a lot of ways because video games are more engaging than uh, TV and, and movies. Those are like kind of passive experiences, but nothing really engages you uh, in video games as much as a, a good game with like a good story, you know, or, or a very competitive uh, game that's very thrilling and, and really sets you against other people and gets you into that competitive uh, atmosphere. So that's what I would tell them. And hopefully they would start gaming. <laughs> hopefully. But fortunately, I think there's very, I, there's not a lot of people that don't game anymore, I feel, you know. Uh, unless, like, there's someone who's a lot older who never grew up with video games. I feel like a lot of people game now. Yeah, some people have tried some type of video game at some point in their life, you'd think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and lastly, before I let you go here, I want to give you a chance to plug any of your social medias or content uh, so people who listen and are interested in seeing more from you can check you out. Um, you guys can always find me on theghostarm.com. I make it very simple so you don't have to remember like uh, Instagram usernames or YouTube usernames or anything like that. Just go to theghostarm.com. And on there, you can find my YouTube. Uh, you can find my Twitch, my social medias, all that. I also post articles and stuff like that. I like to share like personal stories, like funny stories I've had, um, you know, going through life with one hand, like getting kicked off a ride at Six Flags. But then like how I overcame that and, and turned a, a pretty bad situation into a good situation, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, theghostarm.com. That, that's the easiest way to find all my stuff. And theghostarm is also your Twitch name, right? That is also the Twitch. Yeah, twitch.tv slash theghostarm. 
I'm like terrible at self-promoting. <laughs> I don't know. That's part of me that I, I guess I have to work on. Um, I've never been like really into that, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems weird, but I guess I better change that <laughs> if I want to keep growing. Like when, like when those Reddit posts went crazy, I, I still didn't want to post my stuff, but my friends were like, dude, you have to post your Twitch. I was like, ah, I don't know if I really should, you know? So they put, they posted it for me. Yeah, you guys should definitely go check him out, twitch.tv slash theghostarm and theghostarm.com. I just want to thank you again for joining the Game with Fame Game with Fame podcast, and I hope Thanks, you had a good dude. time. I love it. I love the name. I think it's awesome, and I, I hope your uh, podcast keeps growing, and I really appreciate an opportunity to be on here. It's awesome. really awesome. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Game with Fame podcast. Once again, thank you to GhostArm for joining the show. Again, you guys can follow Game with Fame on Twitch at twitch.tv slash gamewithfamepodcast and trigger the notifications so you know every time we are live. You can also find links to the Game with Fame Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages from the Twitch page as well. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the show and thank you for listening.